listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 91. I'm talking to Wes Gay about how to overcome roadblocks to clarifying your message. Check this out. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who would wear Converse if they just had some dang arch support. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. So glad that you could join me. I am excited about my guest today, Wes Gay. He's a good friend of mine, and he's got some great stuff to give us. You may be able to tell I'm a little stopped up. I just had surgery recently on my sinuses, which is really awesome. But uh, I'm recovering now really well, and we're getting back into the flow of things. So I uh, should be back to normal here pretty soon. I thought it would change my voice and maybe even like be able to hear myself a little better. So we'll see. Might be uh, might be interesting to see how this kind of changes the, the tonal quality of my voice that I've had for 40 years. So uh, I'm excited about that. Today we're talking about roadblocks to clarifying your message. I know a lot of churches have struggles with that. But before we get there, I want to tell you about two quick things that you need to know. And first, that is how to get the show notes for this episode. And that is go to sethmuse.com slash 91, and you'll be able to find show notes and links and things that we talk about in here. The second is this, is that I've started a YouTube channel. It is out there. It is going. And I don't have a URL yet because I haven't gotten my first hundred subscribers. So I would love your help with that. If you want to find the right channel to, to link up with me and subscribe, it just go to sethmuse.com slash YouTube. And I've made a quick little redirect link to go and take you straight to the channel. Hit subscribe. I got a couple of videos out. I'm, I'm putting another one up pretty soon uh, in the next week or so. And uh, I intend to put up videos as you know often as three times a month uh, or more if I can about church communications 101 kind of stuff, maybe show some how-tos, maybe even start videoing this podcast when I have guests and putting that on there in a video form. So a lot of opportunities for YouTube. We're just kind of jumping into this platform and I would love your help and support over there. So please go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Now today we're going to talk about messaging in the church and a lot of people don't know what that word usually means. And so Wes is a story brand certified guide and uh, he, he travels the country and helps businesses and churches clarify what it is they're trying to do so that people understand what they're supposed to do. Like, how do you buy this product? How do you, uh, what do you want me to do next? And uh, I think we feel like in the church world, we feel like sometimes we're a lot more clear about stuff than we actually are. Uh, there's a lot of noise out there. The, I think the average person gets hit with over 10,000 marketing messages a day. And that's noisy. So the brain has to filter all that stuff out. So how do you cut through that noise and be at the top of the pile for the brain to go, let's pay attention to this. So that's kind of what we're talking about. We're going to chase a lot of rabbits too, because we're buddies, but I'll try to edit some of this out so that it's more helpful just for you guys. And uh, maybe I'll release the whole long form version of this episode somewhere else. But uh, this is my conversation with Wes. Thanks for joining me. Go get these show notes at sethmuse.com slash 91. And please subscribe to my channel on YouTube at sethmuse.com slash YouTube. Here we go. Well, man, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you on again. And, uh, you know, always enjoy talking with you. We've been chatting for about 30 minutes anyway, just about life and et cetera, catching up. But um, today I wanted to I wanted to get with you and talk through um, 
uh, kind of what you're doing nowadays with StoryBrand. Sure. But you're you're working with businesses. You're working with uh, churches. Tell us a little bit about kind of your day to day. What you're what you're up to. Yeah. My day-to-day is kind of all over the place. Um, but for the most part, what I do is I actually run a story brand certified agency now. So October, 2016, this is the condensed version. Um, I first got certified as a story brand copywriter, did that for about six months, then went back to be a story brand certified guide. So think of it like a consultant Mm -hmm. end of 2018, I transitioned to run one of the story brand certified agencies. So basically what I've done for over two and a half years now, almost exclusively is help people understand and implement story brand in their business and their nonprofit or their church. Uh, So at a high level, that means like just yesterday when we're recording this, I was with a guy in Atlanta who works with Fortune 100 companies and took him, took his team to the brand script to what we call the brand script within the story brand framework, kind of tried to create overall kind of really clear messaging. And then what they needed was specific messaging and language for sales and then some marketing help too. Mm -hmm. So that's, but then last week I was with a company in Philadelphia for the day doing something similar, but it was more targeted at a new product they're launching. A month ago, or earlier this week, I was with a nonprofit who needed help with donor messaging and things like that. Okay. So it really boils down to what is our strategy? What are we trying to say? And then let's go figure out how we need to say it. So yeah. my team will build a lot of websites, a lot of email marketing, lead generation, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but we actually start with messaging and strategy and then can go from there in terms of execution. So day to day, it's all over the place. So, so talk, talk to us a little bit about messaging. Cause I know in the sure. church world, we don't hear that term a lot. So yeah. in the, in the context of a church trying to clarify their message or working on sure. messaging, what, what is messaging in general and why is that important? Yeah. So messaging at its core is just words. Like, and it's what you're, it's what you're trying to communicate and what yeah. you're, and the reason it's important is, everything we communicate uh, should answer, should address when somebody reads it, it should address what we want them to know, what we want them to feel and what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. So what we want, what I, my positioning is with story brand in, this is a paradigm shift for a lot of companies and even a lot of nonprofits and churches is that what we want people to know is that we understand where they are and we understand the problems they have. Right. So mm-hmm. that's what we want them to know is that it's not about us, the organization, it's about them. And then the messaging we want to get across is what we want them to feel is like that we get them and that we understand them and we know what the real issue is, not the surface level issue. Um, And then what do we want them to do as a result? Usually with a business is buy something or schedule a call for a consultation or whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. what's the action we need them to take? And so when it comes to messaging, it really starts with those three things. What do we want them to know? What do we want them to feel? And what do we want them to do? Mm-hmm. Um, the words are where it starts. And I will argue with any designer any day of the week and say, it has to start with words. Mm-hmm. And then the designers have to figure out how to best display those words because a lot of people in the business side and even in churches, but more so in business, a lot of people have wasted a lot of money on pretty design only to be frustrated that nothing's converting. Um, no yeah. you know, people are booking calls, nobody's buying your product, et cetera. And the reason is people read it and go, I don't know what I'm supposed to know. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And and, and for a church, you know, translating that in, Mm -hmm. you know, your message, I I see that exact same thing. There's a lot of great, even in social media, there's a lot of great design. Sure. And it, but it doesn't communicate anything like, what what am I supposed to do with this? Why Uh is this here? What what do you want me to do next? Mm -hmm. You know, what am I supposed to feel about this? Great. You know, it's like, there's no purpose behind it. There's no message behind it. Yeah. And it's, and the thing about messaging in churches is, especially in church communications, is like we forget 
it's like we forget that businesses exist when we talk about church communications. Yeah. And businesses, the great ones, and I'm not even talking like Apple. I'm talking about the companies that are just killing it right now. Mm-hmm. They, they have an overall plan. And then things like social media or email or whatever it is are parts of, those pl- of that plan. Yeah. But everything is intentional to build towards something. So like one of my favorite examples is a suitcase company called Away Travel. They started three years ago. I got to interview one of the co-founders when I was writing for Forbes about a year and a half ago. And, you know, they started with, they said, we hated the suitcases that we found on the market, which suitcases are a really competitive industry. Really? Yeah, it's super competitive because you've got companies like, you got Samsonite, which I can't say without thinking of Dumb and Dumber. I was was way off. Um, Yeah, I was way off. Swanson? Uh, Swanson? Swanson? Sidebar, we're we're catching up on the new designated survivor season on Netflix. And the wife of one of the main characters is Mary Swanson. <laughs> and oh, no. when really? she came on screen, in my mind, I thought, Samsonite. I was uh, way off. I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> anyway, so part of the culture, so, man. We're, and we're back. So yep. uh, Away Travel, they, they did $10 million in revenue in less than a year, or their first year. 95% of that came through social media and social media advertising. Wow. But for them, they had, they had a 23-year-old. She was 23 at the time built their global social media strategy, but it wasn't just like, Hey, uh, comment, we're going to have nine suitcase colors, comment with your, your color that you used to describe a Tuesday. It wasn't that at all. It was, <laughs> here's your, here's your social media plan. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. we got to sell suitcases, right? And so yeah. how are we going to do that? We're going to, we're going to communicate messaging, not just in a single post, but over all that we do with the things we put in captions and the thing we put in email and everything else, mm-hmm. because we want people to buy a suitcase. Right. And so I think bringing it back to churches, sometimes we're too focused on the granular and we think, what, what do I need to say right now? As opposed to a little bit higher level, what are we trying to communicate to people as a whole? And then how does everything we do fit into that overall messaging and that kind of overall plan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that messaging is, is also where you start, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's hard. It's tough for some of us, you know, like, uh, if you're a visual oriented person, because sure. I find myself even in copywriting, sometimes I go, where is this, this, this phrase I'm supposed to write? Mm-hmm. Where's it going to go? Yeah. You know, like, how does that fit there? And uh-huh. it's like, Oh, it's a, it's a heading on a web page. Okay. Well, I know mm-hmm. I've got probably mm-hmm. six words max. Cause it's going to be 72 font, you know, whatever yeah. that fits in that page. Yeah. And then I got to write something underneath. It might be one sentence, two sentences, mm-hmm. then the button, what does the button say? You know, it's like yeah. all that I have to go. Okay. That gives me context. But, but before I make the site, mm-hmm. I need to know what I want to do with it. Yep. You know, it's like before I send the email, I need to know what I want them to do. Mm-hmm. And before I make the social post, it's like, what do I want them to do? What am I trying to create? Okay. And I think that's, uh, that's wise. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, we're, we're constantly finding this, you know, 30 days of done for you social or these templates that we can use for websites or whatever. And it's like, that may not work for you. You know, you, you yeah. really haven't decided what you want to do yet. Your message isn't right. clear. Yeah. And it's, and I think that's one of the challenges in church communications is that we tend to be fo- so focused on the immediate that we don't take even a few minutes and go, okay, what are we trying to get across here? Now, I also realize people listen to this there, and this is not the, the time to, dis- to fix this problem, but sometimes there are organizational dynamics at play that prevent people in church communications yeah. from, from having that conversation. I think sometimes that's real. I think most of the time that's an excuse. Mm-hmm. That's another topic that we can address for another day. 
Um, or we can do it now if you want. But I think at the end of the day, though, <laughs> we we get we kind of it's easy to fall prey to the endorphin rush of a popular post, whether it's yeah. um, you know which <laughs> what's your favorite color of leather for your Bible, you know, comment with an emoji. It's like I don't care. This is dumb. <laughs> um, but it's but instead it's like okay, well, let me think a little more strategically. What are we trying to communicate here? What do we want people to do as a result? And the action piece is really critical in messaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when we fail to tell people what to do, we can't be surprised when they don't do it. Right. You know? Like a lot of times in businesses that I work with, just the simple act of adding a button on a website that tells you what you want people to do, like a buy now, schedule a call, register now, whatever, we'll see a bump in engagement and results in revenue because we're telling people we want them to do. Not that people are dumb, usually. Sometimes they are. Yeah. But for the most part, we just have to assume people just don't know. Like, right. we just got to tell them what to do. It's, it's, and only- it's why, if you've ever been in a sermon that's super awkward at the end for the altar call, it's usually because the preacher just missed whiffed on the, on the, on the call to action. So you're standing there, the band's coming up, and the keyboard's got the Hillsong pad playing behind them. You're like, I think we're about to go into oceans. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and we're then you're always, like, oh. Wes, we're always in oceans. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's just there. It's, it's the song that doesn't end. And it All the songs we write now have to go along with oceans as <laughs> the, the under, as the under pad. To, <laughs> the pad has to just seamlessly transition. Yes. Um, but they need to know happen, we're in it and then they need to know, and then they need to wonder if we're in it. They, yeah, exactly. You got to leave them hanging. A little suspense. <laughs> but what will happen is you're standing there and you, the, you know, the, the keyboardist is playing the Hillsong pad for oceans. And then you're like, Okay, I want to stand up because we're about to sing Oceans. But if I stand up, I'm not sure I understood him right. Am I about to volunteer for three years of consecutive service in, in nursery for, this, for the 10 o'clock hour? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I stand up, am I saying I want to be baptized? Like, what are we doing? Right? And it's because people miss the, here's what I want you to do. Some, one of the things that will happen in churches with that call to action is the announcement time, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I don't think is a bad thing to have in churches. People complain about it, just like they complain about bulletins. I think both of them have their place. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. Because you can't put your website, well, you could if you had the right refrigerator, but you can't put a church website or event calendar on the refrigerator. <laughs> you can't put your church app on the refrigerator. <laughs> you could you, if you had the right refrigerator. If you have the right refrigerator. That's classic, <laughs> classic Westgate right there. <laughs> As a guy who's shopping for a refrigerator for his new house, I know that to be true. Um, <laughs> but you can absolutely stick a magnet with a bulletin on the door. Yeah. But I mean, you think about, I mean, I've been in churches where you know, men's ministry is a great example or women's ministry. Hey, we're having our annual spring breakfast, which for men is usually 6 a.m. on a Saturday. And we're going to talk about sports or hunting mm-hmm. and how not to be a pervert or something. Yeah. Um, and they're <laughs> going to say, all right, men, buy your tickets, go out, the, go out the east doors and then go down the atrium hallway and look for information station. And even people who go to church, they're like, Okay, I, I, I know that's English, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So we're all pulling our compass app out and I go, okay, now that are those, okay, that's the East Door. We're all of a sudden Boy Scouts because they didn't make any sense. <laughs> it was just too complicated. Yeah. Right. We're not making it simple. Like, hey, go to ourchurch.com slash men and buy your tickets right now. Okay, I get that. Or go out those doors and go to the desk immediately outside of those doors. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of times what will happen in our messaging is we think we're being clear because we're in those staff meetings every week. We're in all those email threads. We're in those yeah. hallway conversations. We're in those event planning meetings. We're in all that stuff. And nobody in our church is. Even our key volunteers are there uh, three hours a week, right? Yeah, absolutely. So don't know either. 
<laughs> we yeah. have to nothing. I, I heard somebody say that it's like even talking about mission, vision, and values. It's like as soon as you your you and your staff get tired of it, your main mm-hmm. volunteers are starting to get it. Yeah, and so it just takes a while to saturate that kind of messaging into your mm-hmm. into your culture and into your world and, and get those messages. So you start to understand, like, hey, I just have to keep saying this clearer mm-hmm. and clearer. Yeah. Um, as, as we're doing this. So let's talk about events though. Let's talk about getting promotion done in the church yeah. because it has a lot to do with messaging, has a lot to do mm-hmm. with clarity. Yeah. And, and you work on that constantly with businesses, with churches, with companies. Yeah. Um, message, let's just talk about clarity for a second. Um, we think we're being clear. What's different since say 10 years ago and sure. how people receive information? Yeah. And, and, and how does that affect this clarity issue? Sure. Well, you think about 10 years ago, it was 2009, the iPhone was only two years old. Um, in fact, 10 years, here's a really crazy thing. I remember 10 years ago, July was 10 years ago when I was working in Orlando and I had a couple of buddies of mine come down for a few days and we went to Disney. We had somebody get us in for free. And um, while we were there, me and another buddy of mine pressured the third one to go get the new iPhone because he had the money. Mm-hmm. And I, I vividly remember, I think it was the 3G at that point or 3GS, whatever it was. Yeah. And it was only on AT&T. Yeah, right? but we went to the Apple store to get it, but it was the first time they had video, right? So we've oh. only had video on iPhone for 10 years now. We mm. still couldn't copy paste. I mean, think about it. That feels like it forever ago. You couldn't copy paste in an iPhone. But Instagram was brand new. Facebook was only five years old and hadn't really built out, a, hadn't really been a... Uh, an ads weren't really a thing yet. Everybody's yeah. mom was just now getting on Facebook. Yeah. Twitter was only three years old and nobody was angry on it yet. And then, so <laughs> what happened? The case? Was, yeah. How would a church communicate? It'd be the platform, it'd be bulletin, it'd be maybe an email and mm-hmm. maybe a mail piece. I mean, it was pretty straightforward, but now though, what's happened is every, every organization on the planet who's trying to communicate something uses all of the same channels to do it. Right. Yep. So churches, are trying to cut through on Facebook ads, but so are shoe companies, so are apparel companies, so are software companies, so are technology companies, so are um, real estate agents, so are like everybody is is trying to yell through one speaker now, right? Yeah. We have one microphone and one speaker and everybody's focusing on that. Email, er, email marketing is still the number one way to make money online for businesses. So people are getting, are doubling down on email marketing on the business side. And being really thoughtful, really intentional, really strategic. So those are some of the things now that have changed. Everything is really focused on, or everybody's trying to yell through the same microphone. Yeah. Trying to cut through the same noise. So now what churches have to do is they can't think like they used to simply because who they're trying to cut through against are, are brands who are spending more money per year on marketing than most churches have in their entire annual budget for an That's operating true. calendar year. That's true. So we have to think about clarity. We have to think about when people are scanning through and seeing all of the fake news on their feeds and all of the nonsense of their, uh, of their old high school friends selling them shakes, wraps and pills and oils and whatever. (laughs) Um, like we're seeing all this stuff. Churches are not having to cut through that. They're having to send emails that are worth opening. They're having to do Instagram. That's actually worth reading and taking action with. So that's the, that's been the biggest change. I think the second change, the biggest shift too, is now we're seeing more and more personalization. Yeah. So that's why the last few years, you know, Amazon has doubled down on, Hey, people who bought this thing also bought this thing. So if they bought this camera, they bought this kit. That's got a tripod and SD card and a camera bag. 
or here are some book recommendations based on your buying history, right? Mm-hmm. So it's everything's getting more and more personalized. And so as a culture, we are naturally adapting to, okay, does this matter to me? And yep. even if the world population is bigger than it's ever been, but marketing and communications, for the most part, outside of the church, is more specific than it's ever been. Yep. And so people are reading everything now and then, okay, we're naturally thinking, does this matter to me? Like I'll see a Facebook ad and I keep getting these. I don't know why. And they'll say like, do you run an eight minute mile? No, (laughs) you qualify for a life insurance discount. Like, well, that's great for people who run. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't run. I don't run either. If I run, something's on fire or I could, I might be close to death. Somebody's chasing you. Somebody's chasing me. Like (laughs) there's a coyote on the loose. There's a, I don't know what it is, but it's not because I chose to make that decision. I made that decision on my own. Um, So I'm going to ignore that because that means nothing to me. But I'm going to see some other ad from a brand I like. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that re- that's about me. And I'm going to click it. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to messaging, bringing it back to churches, one of the opportunities for clarity is actually getting more specific. Because the more specific we get, ironically, the, the more people we're going to reach. Because when we get really specific, the right people are going to go, oh, yeah, that's for me. But when we try to do too generic or too, too broad, uh, too broad yeah. people are going to go, I don't know if this is for me or not. Um, right. One of my favorite examples of this, and uh, have you read A 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss? No, I haven't. It's okay. been on my list for a while. I keep yeah. forgetting. I, so I just, out, I haven't he read wrote it. it. It came out in 2007. It's, he sold a couple, you know, a few million copies every year. It's still, for the last 12 years, it's been in the top two or three books highlighted on Kindle. It's um, consistently a top bestsellers. I mean, it's a great read. Mm-hmm. And he tells two years ago, it was the 10th anniversary. And he tells a story of the first draft of the first manuscript was awful. He said he hated it. So instead of re, just rewriting it all willy nilly, he sat down and thought, okay, I've got two good friends of mine who are really struggling. One guy struggling in his job, one guy struggling in his job and his family and his, his other friends running a business and it's really impacting his family life. And he says, I want to give them a field manual or a guide that if they were the only two people who read it, it would be super practical, super tactical, they could implement this. And so he said, I rewrote the entire book, 300 and something pages with those two guys in mind. So he said, I got really specific, but somehow by writing the two people, he wound up selling 2 million copies, changed his career. He's made, I think he could point back to his entire career built on that book and the millions and millions of dollars he's made with his huge podcast, other yeah. book bestsellers he's done, et cetera, because he was very specific in who he was talking to. So the opportunity for clarity for a lot of churches is we got to be more specific. Yeah, that's basically what you've described as a persona in the marketing uh-huh. world. Like you've, yep. you've, he found a persona that worked. He literally wrote with somebody in mind. Like when Paul mm-hmm. wrote First and Second Timothy, he wrote that to Timothy, right? Yeah, he that's didn't just point. call it First yeah. and Second Timothy. When he wrote, when when Paul wrote, or any of the New Testament writers, pick when any of the New Testament writers, like when you know Paul wrote Hebrews or. Um, or Luke wrote Acts, or you know Matthew wrote Matthew. Everybody in the New Testament specifically had an audience they were writing to, mm-hmm. specifically. So it shaped what they said because they wanted to clearly target that audience. Paul said what he said to the Corinthians, but he didn't say that to the Ephesians because it didn't matter to the Ephesians, right? He was very specific in who he spoke to. And even in Acts, we see Paul shifting and shaping his message based on who he's talking to. Yeah. He speaks in the synagogue different than he speaks on Mars Hill. Yeah. Because of who his audience is. I like to even give the example where Jesus had a woman come up to him and said, I want to be healed. And he goes, I'm actually not here for you. I'm here for the Jews and the lost people, yeah. lost sheep of Israel. And then she says, well, even the dogs eat from the scraps of the master table. Yeah. It's like, All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right here. here you know, <laughs> cool. 
I'll heal you. But it was like Jesus had a target audience. Yeah. Jesus himself had a target and to get his message out. Not that he would only salvation for Jews, but you know, like he had a target to get that message to the world. He was like, here's how I'm going to do it. It's through the Jews. But specifically these 12 guys, specifically, even more specifically, specifically these three guys Mm -hmm. that uh, were his inner circle. Yeah. So, and then he had even added a guy later and like, let's, let's bring Paul in. (laughs) So it's like, you know, it's like the the target audience thing is biblical. I think that Uh you make a good point in, you know, I think the, the, there's a lot of resistance to that thinking uh-huh. because we have this mentality that Jesus is for everyone and he yep. is, but you're not for everyone. Uh huh. And you're the one bringing the message. Yep. Everybody always is a great Bob golf book, but it's a terrible marketing plan. It's terrible. <laughs> How so? Well, because who are you like who, you know, I was with a nonprofit recently and I said, who's your audience? They said, well, everybody. It's like, that's cute. But no, really, who are you selling to? Mm-hmm. Who are you trying to get as donors? Who are you, who is best suited for your organization? Well, everybody, everybody needs Jesus. Well, yeah, 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 I get that. I got a seminary degree. I got it. I said, but, but specifically who is who, and this, this was a, not just recently, like what I was trying to get at with them is specifically who is most likely to engage with you. And what we figured out was, and we started to get more specific as the day went on, but it's nonprofit. It was, you know what? We're not the right, um, it's a, a like a content ministry, broadcast okay. ministry. And they said, you know what? We're not a platform for the like super intellectual, atheist, apologetics-y types. We're not Hank Hanegraaff. We're not um, Tim Keller. We're not Ravi Zacharias. We're not that. That's not, who are, that's not who's going to probably respond to us. And that's yeah. okay because there's a lot of people doing that over here. We're, right. we're, you know, we, we think we fit more in this vein. And so we, I, it was hard, but I think it had to break them up a little bit of, you know what? Jesus is for everybody but I'm not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I need to figure out who am I uniquely called and equipped and gifted to go speak to? Because again, even in scripture, they have the entire new Testament. Every time somebody speaks, they're speaking to somebody. Yeah. And so the more specific we are and the more we speak to individuals in our messaging, the clearer we become because if Jesus just spoke at a super broad high level, when he spoke to the woman at the well, that story would have not been interesting and it wouldn't have yeah. been helpful to that woman. He spoke to that woman in that moment. Mm-hmm. But what happens, so I think what happens in church, but what, for some reason in churches, we think, oh, we need to speak to everybody because we need to be broad because we don't want to be seeker sensitive or we don't want this, that, and the other. The problem is inviting. Yeah. We, we, the problem is we wind up saying things w- without really saying anything. We use words, but we're not really yeah. saying much. And, and it doesn't appeal. It's like the old, the old thing was like, if you, if you try to do something for everyone, you know, it, then mm-hmm. you really appeal to no one. You become, you become bland. Yeah. And honestly, I think that that issue and Justin Dean would even say this, he's like churches are, you know, death by blandness is part yeah. of our issue because we're so broad. We don't yeah. want to specialize. We don't want to target. Mm-hmm. We don't want to even wade into difficult issues. We don't yeah. want to be, we don't want to make waves. We just kind of want to do our thing and be yeah. friendly and loving and everybody always. Right. So well, it, it's, it's part of the issue is that we can't target down that we actually don't really help people mm-hmm. find the thing they need to find or do the thing they need to do. And in some ways, I think it's because in recent, in the last five or 10 years as, as digital marketing has ramped up and the way we've communicated has changed. We have in some ways created a bubble of like, here are our own rules for church communications and mm-hmm. how we're going to handle church, 
church marketing or church promotions or messaging or web or whatever it is. But it's like, those things are not true outside of churches. They're not even true in churches. You know, yeah. people say, Oh, you've got to be shortened to the point because people don't have long attention spans. That's bull. Yeah. Long that form is blogging is big. Long form blogging. You can't tell me that people have short attention spans when people like Peter McKinnon and Casey Neistat have made millions of dollars on 10 and 15 minute YouTube videos about their day. <laughs> I'm yeah. watching a 15 minute journal of a grown man. But it's, <laughs> right? Or it's like, Hey, our email, uh, I've had to, our email can't be more than 50 words. It's like, why not? Cause people don't read it. No. There's a guy named Ray Edwards. Who's a copywriter and copywriter mm-hmm. trainer. And his quote is there's no such thing as copy that is too long, only too boring. People will read and stay engaged if they're interested. That's true. But when they're not, they, we get disinterested when things really aren't clear. Like people watch the Avengers three hours and two minutes within game. And people were interested because you knew what was going on. The storyline was pretty clear. It obviously shifted and whatever throughout the whole thing, but people stay engaged. And I think we've got to, we've got to realize that a lot of the things we believe about doing this for our church are actually myths that aren't, mm-hmm. don't really hold up when you think yeah. about it. And, 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 and my experience, um, with many churches is that there is an aversion to um, kind of that data that tells you that, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like we, we go and we hear these, these thoughts or we see what other churches are doing mostly. And we go, Oh, I'm going to do that. Cause that's working for them. And we don't ever think like, would that work for my audience in uh-huh. my context? And yep. it's like, sometimes that's why, that's why the bulletin thing is so interesting to me yeah. is that th- there's, there's people that are be like, kill your bulletin. Well, at our church, we have killed it and it works. You know, we don't need it because that's yeah. how we are and our people don't care. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a church that's older, if you're in a church that is liturgical, if you're in yeah. a church that has had that for, you know, 150 years in their history. Yeah. Y- yeah. I mean, is that a battle worth fighting? Really? I mean, find ways to make that great, you know, yeah. instead of trying to kill it because it might actually be serving your, your purpose pretty well. Uh-huh. And, and you're like, oh, well, all the gurus tell me not to do that. Well, you know what? Gurus don't know everything. You know, I yeah. don't know everything about your church. I, I can give you uh-huh. principles and, and advice, but ultimately at the end of the day, you and I, we're just talking about abstracts yeah. that we've experienced. Other people listening to this are going to have to go, does this work for me? We get caught up in the comparison game mm-hmm. and they go, what is, what is, you know, I'll just say them because I have friends there. Life, Life Church, North Point, Elevation, Christ Fellowship, Gateway, Saddleback, Bayside. Like, what are all the big players doing? We have to do that. It's like, yeah, but you're a church of 650 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should think a little differently. Right? Yeah. It's like, it, it, but I think we fought, we need to start, we need to focus, and this is not a new thing. This isn't even a church thing. This is just a life thing. We've got to focus on principles first. Mm-hmm. We cannot, when it comes to messaging, marketing, communications, whatever, rush to practices and live and die in the word of practices because you're going to be exhausted because yeah. every 17 minutes, somebody's changing something and it's going to change what you're doing and you're going to be frustrated. But if you focus on the core principles, right? And I, I am convinced and I will fight. This is a hill I will die on that getting your messaging clear and right is a foundational principle. If you're not doing that, nothing else you do matters. No amount of slick Facebook ads, no amount of fancy social media done for you, video graphics, none of that stuff's going to matter if you don't know what you're trying to communicate and you don't have clear messaging behind it. Otherwise, you're going to be like some of the companies I've worked with where you're trying to muscle your way into growth, but it's hard and you're exhausted as as opposed to trying to get your messaging right and move into that momentum by talking to people about things they care about. So like one of the, one of my favorite examples, and I love to make fun of men's ministry 
um, I've made fun of women's ministry and sometimes they get mad. So I'll poke them in. So about four years ago, I was working at a church and we did a men's breakfast. You know, it was like a, you know, Chick-fil-A biscuits and whatever on a Saturday morning. Well, the guy who was speaking had grown up in our church, but he moved to a different part of Atlanta. And at that point, and I don't know if it's still true. He was the highest ranking guy at Chick-fil-A with, without the last name, Kathy. Right. So outside of Truett's kids, this guy was the highest one. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. I knew him for a long time. His dad is, is a Chick-fil-A operator in Atlanta. His dad was a deacon at our church. Like, guy sharp. I mean, really savvy business guy. Been at Chick-fil-A 30 something years, et cetera. And so they all they said to promote it was, hey man, we're having our spring breakfast. Come here, this guy speaks. It was Cliff. Hey, come here, Cliff. Okay, great. What's Cliff gonna talk about? We don't know. And I'm like, and I'm on the communications guy. Why don't we ask him? They're like, yeah, we probably should. This is, but this is like two weeks before the event. So I go, because I was on staff, I had to be there. And he said things in that con- in his talk that I still use as illustrations. I'll give him credit. I don't steal it. But he said things that were really helpful, really insightful, really valuable. Yeah. But we didn't communicate any of that value, right? We just said, hey, man, we're having a breakfast. Y'all come. And it's like, if you're a man and you have a Y chromosome, that's, 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 that's as clear as we're going to get. Instead, what we should have said was, Hey man, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of men, a lot of people, but men specifically struggle with how do you live out your faith at work in a way that's, that's engaging without calling you to HR and how can you use what you learn at work to lead well at home was essentially the gist of his talk. Yeah. And that immediately is going to resonate with men because you're being very specific. Otherwise it's, Hey man, if you love Jesus and you have a Y chromosome, you have to be here Saturday or we're going to guilt you about it. Yeah, that's not really clear. Nor it's going to be it's going to be epic and life changing, and you don't want to miss it. Yeah, buy your tickets now. <laughs> going to be. You just, hey man, you just got hey so man. depressed when I said that. Hey man, no, I'm, I just people think, can't hey people can't see his face, but he was like, oh. <sighs> well, I started thinking of, hey man, come to Driven. Our our Driven ministry is hosting Engage. What? <laughs> hey, tell me something. Tell me, speak to my, speak to a problem that this event is going to solve for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just talking about, Hey, y'all come, yeah. that's great for a restaurant. That's great for Cracker Barrel, but it's a terrible marketing message for churches, for events, yeah. for anything else where we're well, trying to cut through the noise and get people. And you mentioned, we're talking about events before we've veered all over the place, <laughs> uh, but we're specifically with events trying to bring it back to that topic. Part of our challenges are events don't actually solve a problem or address a need people actually have. They typically address the need of, we want to have more events on the calendar. And so yeah. we're going to host an event and we're going to have doilies on the table and women are going to decorate the tables like they're at a wedding reception. And we're going to have tea and crumpets and talk about G- being Jesus's princess or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, as opposed I mean, to saying, we're going to get really practical and we're going to help you solve a problem. And now we're going to talk to you about that problem that we're going to help you with this event. Yeah. And, and without trying to get too far into another rabbit trail, do you think community, because <laughs> a lot of times we say community is the problem we solve for people. Do you think that's a problem they have? Today? I think so more than ever. We are, mm-hmm. this is a, a freight I was working on a nonprofit about a month ago on one of their kind of, uh, sub brands, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the phrase that I just kind of said off the cuff, I said, we've never been, we've never been more connected yet. So isolated as a species. Yep. Right. I'm connected to how, I'm, oops, thousands of people on my phone between Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, but yet people are never more isolated than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. And so I think community is a problem we solve. I don't know if it's the problem we solve, the yeah. problem the church ought to solve to use old school evangelist terminology is the God shaped hole in your heart. Like we solve the problem of, of people being lost, but community is a problem we solve. I think we also ought to 
look at other things we solve as well and get really specific to those things. So if you're, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to clarity and we've said this, said this a few times, we've got to be more focused on who exactly we're talking to. So there's a church outside of Phoenix that runs, they have seven campuses, I think. Um, they run thousands on a weekend. And they actually have developed a persona. Like here is the target audience that our church is geared to reach. Yeah. Excuse me. Interestingly enough, they only have one. And that one is, a, is they call him Max. And Max is a man in his 40s, right? And they have a whole thing built out. But their thought is, uh, if I can't remember the exact number, but if you, get, if you can reach dad, you have like a 95% chance of the family coming to church. So instead of trying to chase the kids, instead of even trying to chase mom, if you get dad, you get everybody. Yeah. So he's, the, guy, the executive pastor told me one time, he's like, listen, even our church swag is geared towards that. Because what we're trying to communicate is this is a church for you, dad. So they, they're in Arizona where you can golf year round. They have golf polos, Nike polos with their church logo on it. And that's about the extent of their swag. They're not trying to do cool hipster t-shirts and they're not trying to do the man tunics and they're not getting their own colorway yeah. for pre- for a preachers and sneakers style, uh, <laughs> high top, like, like here's who we're talking to and here's what we're trying to communicate and here's who we're trying to reach. And we're very clear about it and we're very consistent about it. And we're focused on that person and as a result. They've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people across seven campuses and they're doing incredible work, not only for reaching lost people, but also discipling those who are, have already come to Christ. Absolutely. Awesome. That's great. I, I think that's such an important message for churches is to understand uh-huh. that by actually drilling down and getting specific, mm-hmm. you get, I, I use this example all the time. When you hit the bullseye, you get credit for all the other rings around it. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you hit one of the rings around it. You don't get credit for the bullseye too, because you got close to it. You just get credit for everything outside of it. Yeah. And it's like when you hit that bullseye, you get credit for all the rings around it. And so we think if we just specialize in this one type of person, we're mm-hmm. going to ignore or miss all these different people. And it's just simply statistically not true how it works. Those people come with, it's kind of like when you say your pastor has a reach of maybe 10 years over and 10 years younger than how, mm-hmm. how old they are. Yep. Well, that's because the pastor's age is a moving bullseye sure. that... And the 10 years plus and minus around him is your rings around him that you get. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's like that principle is very clear in a lot of other ways. But for some reason, when it comes to advertising a mission trip or talking about coming to our growth track or whatever it is that we have, we can't get specific because we want everybody to show up to those things. Yeah. Because we're afraid. I think we're afraid that mm-hmm. we're going to miss people by focusing a message yep. around. And, and it's not just like, we keep talking about focusing and, and, and being clear. It's like, Who's the person that you have? You have a 40-something in your church that has never been on a mission trip. Why wouldn't they go on a mission trip? What are some things that keep them from a mission trip? What are some of the problems they'd have? What is is money an issue? Yeah, it's an issue. Mission trips are ridiculous expensive. That's when you go out of the the country. It's like you've got to address all of that when you're going, who is this ideal, quote, customer? Who's the ideal person going on a mission trip? Who's the ideal person to come to our church and join it and become a volunteer? You know, those types of things are discussions that I think communications can lead and should lead. Um, and, and if you're listening and you're not in communication or you're multiple hats and you're an executive pastor or pastor, you need to bring that person on your staff into that room when you're making those kinds of decisions because yep. they can inform you a little bit better probably than you can because you have a limited yeah. experience too mm-hmm. of who is here, who do we have, yeah. you know, and that's kind of their job anyway. You don't have mm-hmm. to go do all that yourself. Have them go do it. So I, I think there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of ground to be gained here 
for, sure. for us in ministry because we don't do this naturally. It is kind of a business principle mm-hmm. uh, nowadays, but I don't think it started there. I think it started with just understanding people and understanding what motivates them to do things. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about story brand so much is it taps into that so easily. And like yeah. you said, before we've recorded, you've never seen it. I've never seen it either. Uh, a framework that is so easy to grasp so quickly that mm-hmm. does it so well. Yeah. And, and so that's why I think everybody should get that book and read that and try to, yeah. try to implement that. So for, for, for smaller events, things like mission trips and stuff, Sure. You know, so we'll end with this. There's, I mentioned some of the roadblocks. What have you seen in churches that keep us from clarity for things uh, like that? They're smaller. Uh, yeah, I think on like events and promotional things, I think one of the roadblocks to clarity is um, we don't take the time to sit and think, even for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. All you have to do is sit there for just a, three minutes and say, okay. Uh, we're going to promote this upcoming event. I'm just going to go back to men's ministry. Who are we trying to reach? Okay, men. Men where? Men in our church. Where is our church? Okay, here's where it is. What's the? Let me think of a man, a, a specific individual that represents the average guy in our church in our community. Right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have one or two. Right? Okay, I'm going to think of. Um, I don't know, John. I'm just making that up. So I'm thinking of John. Right. John represents kind of two guys, you know, got, he's married, got a couple kids. He's kind of mid-level management, et cetera. You kind of think about, okay, what do I know John cares about? What is it relates to this event? Okay. Now all I've done is take five minutes to figure this out. Yeah. I think, I think the first roadblock is a myth of, oh, we don't have the time to do that. Yeah, you do. You just don't take the time. Right. Yeah. You just have to sit and think and ask the right questions. Who are we trying to talk to? And then let your mind kind of fill in the blanks and you'll be amazed at what your answers will generate. Mm-hmm. I think the second time, the second kind of roadblock is um, we think we have to have everything three weeks out in order to affect You know, three weeks before it needs to be promoted in order to promote it effectively. Mm-hmm. That helps with planning. But again, if you say, I'm going to get this and I'm just going to spend five minutes thinking and asking questions, you're going to be able to promote it more clearly. I think um, some, one of the roadblocks I've seen, and this is particularly at the senior level. Um, and I'm just going to say this without fear of repercussion. <laughs> that's okay. Nobody's listening. I, yeah. I hope, hopefully they're still with us. <laughs> nobody nobody listens to this podcast. It's fine. And I, hopefully at this point, they're still with us. I think <laughs> one of the, one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest roadblocks I have, or I've seen both on staff and churches and then having worked with a couple, um, not the ones I've worked with, but others that I've seen and talked to is that they, that some of the ex- executive leaders tend to think they're always the smartest people in the room. Always. And so they, as a result, don't delegate proper authority to the right experts and not an outside person like me, even the internal people, right? Mm-hmm. There's this, uh, I could, I could spend a whole, I could have a whole podcast on my own. It's a weekly episode update, weekly episodes about this problem in churches. But I think we, we, in a lot of cases, we so centralize all authority and power that there's a fear to let any of that go. And as a result, yeah the communications person, the digital manager, whatever they're called, doesn't have the right organizational authority to ask the hard questions in order to not only better communicate children's events, men's events, student events, whatever, but also to influence, are we really doing things that matter? Because on the business side, shamelessly, I think marketers make the best leaders um, because a good marketer knows how to identify and solve a problem. And that's it. Yeah. 
what they wind up doing is they identify a problem their audience has, they solve that problem for their audience, and then they tell them how they, they tell them, they identify that problem to their audience and they solve that problem to their audience. But a good marketer takes that data back to the product team of the company and says, hey, we need to shape or shift or stop this product because it's not actually solving a problem for our audience. Instead, we need to do this, right? So good marketers identify problems and then solve those problems. And in churches, good communications folks or good marketing folks can say, hey, the problem is our event numbers are down. The reason our event numbers are down is because we're not actually doing things that people want, nor does it solve a problem. In fact, it creates more problems because we're asking people to pay more money. We're asking people to invest more time. Uh, One of the things I did as communications director, and this was probably really gutsy, but whatever, is (laughs) I raised the question one time. I said, how much are we asking people to pay in order to be considered how much are we asking parents to pay in order for their students to be considered active, engaged members of our uh, student ministry? How much money? Outside of a tithe, how much money? And I think we okay. figured it was like 1500 bucks a year. And what do you mean by that? How pay, pay what? Camps. We did a choir tour, D-Now, ancillary events like these one night, like a bowling trip or whatever, like all the events we do that require the parents to spend money. Just for, the, just for two kids, forget three or four. Forget a kid in children's ministry and ministry. And then it was okay. How, but then we got mom and dad asking for events and we're asking volunteers. We're asking a lot. Yeah. We need to have these tough questions because we're asking so much and we're frustrated. People aren't engaged. It could be our marketing, it could be our messaging, but it could be that we're not actually solving the problem. So I think one of the biggest roadblocks is not delegating authority to the right people. And in conjunction with that, not asking the hard questions that good marketers ask, which is what is a problem our audience has that we're trying to solve and how do we solve it? Mm-hmm. Too often, we've got solutions to problems that nobody has. So as a result, we've got events that nobody cares about. Yep. I think that's absolutely true. Absolutely good. Well, Wes, always uh, it's always fun to talk to you. And even when we rabbit trail, I think we rabbit trail into good things. Um, <laughs> it just feels feels good. feels fun. Um, you know, kindred spirits and all. So uh, we, should have a, we should have an episode one time called just random acts of marketing and then just <laughs> see where it goes. Or it's just, it's Seth and Wes talk about whatever. (laughs) What a title. (laughs) What a title that is. So (laughs) compelling. Well, tell people how to connect with you and um, maybe uh, I'll put story brand in the show notes as well, but tell them how to connect with you and I'll put all this in the the show notes. Yeah. So uh, if you're in the church communications, Facebook group, I'm in there. I'm on obviously on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, just at Wes Gay, Instagram at Wes Gay. And then you can find my agency website. It's higher H I R E wayfinder.com or you just name is wayfinder um some of you parents particularly of young children your ears may have perked up when you heard that word because after i filed for the llc with the secretary of state and did the branding i realized uh they talk about that word in the movie moana so um to quote a pro wrestler turned demigod you're welcome because you now have that song stuck in your head <laughs> but anyways higherwayfinder.com is our agency site you can check out everything we're doing over there awesome well, thank you, man. I appreciate your time. This has been great and yeah. uh, always a pleasure to talk. Thanks, Seth. All right, guys, we'll be back soon. Uh, thanks for listening. Give me a rating review in iTunes if you like what you heard, if, you helped, if it helped you at all, and we'll see you soon. Bye.